You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. Ah, thank you, little bird, for that intro. It is no wonder at all that I find myself recording this episode on Father's Day, Sunday, June 20th. Happy cancer season, everyone. <sighs> so this is going to be quite the story time episode. And greetings from the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, where I'm currently at until October to get grounded, plant some roots, heal, heal my adrenal fatigue, and just slow down. And do you hear that bird? I mean, how can you not slow down with that sound? So I've gone through a lot of changes lately, a lot of healing from working with naturopathic doctors on the physical body, but also with spiritual energetic healers on the energetic body. So how I came to the conclusion that I need to work with energetic healers is Back in January, I got blood work done, just a regular lab for women, testing all my female hormones, and I went for a pap smear, but it was also just because I started to feel kind of diabetic symptoms-ish, like low blood sugar, blacking out, very fatigued at different times of day, just, just feeling off, you know, just intuitively feeling something's not right. Lo and behold... My cortisol is non-existent. And to test your cortisol, this is a stress hormone that the body produces to soften the edges around when you receive a blow, when you receive a trauma, or when you're even just stuck in traffic and feeling frustrated you're going to be late. Um, Cortisol is usually released by the body to buffer the emotional impact that those things have. And um, I remember testing for cortisol. It's a pretty intense test. You have to spit and fill this test tube up on like day three of your cycle, ovulation, and then the day you begin your period. It's pretty wild, and it's pretty intense. You know how much spit it takes to fill up a test tube? Oh, I remember you have to do it in the mornings too, and like different times of day. But uh, after all of that, no time of day was my cortisol normal. Was it high? Was it normal? It was always just flatline. I'm talking like 0.03 when it should have been five or higher. And um, it confused me because I didn't have any physical symptoms of this. I woke up every morning so excited, so happy. I love what I do for a living. I love studying astrology. I love the podcast. I love you guys. I love traveling. I'm a Sagittarius, seeing new things, going wherever I wanted to. But... My body was saying otherwise. And now with cortisol levels like this, you should quite literally have someone peeling you out of bed and struggling to get going. I mean, with cortisol levels this low, there is absolutely no way that my brain should function as high as it does to give you these podcast episodes, to host um, meetings and readings. No way. I should have no connection to spirit because I should be flatlined. But I did. And it didn't make sense. And to this day, I just worked with a naturopath a couple of weeks ago. And when she was going over, okay, you've got low estrogen, low progesterone. It looks like early menopause. And she said, do you have this symptom? 
No. Do you have that symptom? No. This? No. That? No. Literally, I have no other symptoms. And the key one to where I was like, okay, this is beyond Western Medical's hands, is I have perfect periods. Picture perfect. 26-day cycles, three days of bleeding. Sorry for my men listening to this, but my ladies, it's perfect. Perfect flow, perfect rhythm. Perfect rhythm. And there is no no way that my physical hormones... I mean, it got to the point where I was like, did my blood and my spit get mixed with someone else's? Because they're right. All the research I did on my own, all the doctors I spoke to, they all said I should have no period. Because if I have no cortisol, no estrogen, no progesterone, that doesn't make sense. I should have no period. And I do. The same time every month. I know when I ovulate. I feel it. I have all the symptoms of it. It's like clockwork. And so... This is something that I firmly believe in as a previous holistic health coach and a spiritual energetic person myself is that when you have situations like this that science can't explain, you need to go energetic. Your energetic body is key. When I was a holistic health coach, I would work with so many women. I specialized in thyroid and infertility and hormones exactly as my own issue was. Which made me, you know, that's probably maybe why my period came every month because I know what to eat, what to do, what to drink, what to physically do. I know all of this. I used to coach it for a living. But I just knew, like, there is something beyond my hands here. And what really stuck out during this process was when I went to Sedona with an ex-boyfriend who was very, very toxic, um... This was in 2019, summer 2019, I went to Sedona, and we got our aura and chakra photos taken. My lower half chakras, root, sacral, navel, were brown, muddy, you know? I'm sure you guys know what the chakras look like on your body. The bright red, yellow, orange, mine looked like someone threw mud at them. You could still see a little color, but it mostly looked like mud smearing down a window, just blocked. And so I never let go of that because I looked at that and immediately thought, okay, I either have a tumor down, down there or some major blockages. And I threw in the, the fact that I was there with an ex-boyfriend who was not so good for me because it's going to tie into the story towards the end of the episode. So just kind of pocket that in your mind. So I've known something energetically is wrong with me for the past couple of years. Even, you know, you guys know this. I'm very open and honest with you. When I was married previously to my ex-husband, we tried to get pregnant in 2016 for about 8 to 11 months, maybe a full year. I mean, tracking ovulation. I mean, down to the minute, I would say, come on, get home. Let's have sex. Let's go. Let's go. Not even a scare. Not even a day late period. Nothing. Again, perfect cycle. Nothing came. No cramps, no bleeding, no weird discharge, nothing for a whole 12. And I remember at this time, this is when I was a holistic health coach, and I just thought, there's no fucking way. Like, I do an energetic scan of my own body. I did an energetic scan of his, both very young, very healthy. There is no explanation. And so that's why we didn't go to the doctors, because we both kind of intuitively knew our relationship was running its course. And if it wasn't meant to be, it was not meant to be. So we let that go. Even though I will, you know, for people out there, I'll share this too. Uh, My ex-husband and I, we were best friends. It was wonderful. There was no fighting. It was just, there was no love. There was no passion. There was no real 
connection. And perhaps as I go into this episode, I will share more about that. Yeah, I will. So pocket this as well. Um, but what was I getting at with that? See, my brain fog is so bad. He was my friend and we had names picked out for our children. We never had like saw them or psychically spoke to them, but you know, we, we got married and said one day we want babies. Let's give them names. Uh, let's talk about them. And we did. They had names. And you know what? Since those characters are kind of retired and I'll never use those names again in my new relationship, um, we were going to name our girl Evelyn and we were going to name our boy Oliver. (laughs) Yeah, Evelyn and Oliver. And they would come to me through orange light. And, you know, I knew these were my energetic children with him. Could him and I have stayed together and forced it through IVF or whatever? Of course. Of course. And we could have had these two little babies. And actually, how I decided to finally get a divorce from him was when I was meditating on the couch in our loft in Denver. And these two came to me. And they said, we're not coming to you in this lifetime. But he is going to have children in this lifetime. You are going to have children in this lifetime. But different ones. Not us. And... those children are waiting. Like I saw his future children. I saw mine, you know, kind of on like two sides of the train tracks. And all of these kids were looking at me and saying, can you let him go? Because we got shit to do lady. And we'd like to come to earth now. I just saw them like sassy six, seven year olds. Like, Hey, can you stop being so egotistically selfish and like, let him go? Because I can see him having a lot of children. Yeah, even though he doesn't have any yet, I can see him having a lot. And I can see me having a few as well. And I just thought, okay, these kids are like, can you stop being selfish and holding on to him because you're afraid to hurt his feelings? Because you're hurting our feelings. Thanks, lady. (laughs) And I just thought, okay. And literally the, the energy from those two children, two sides of families of children, made me say, okay, yeah, I am. I'm being selfish. And... Uh, for the sake of these dozens of people that he is to meet and I am to meet, I need to let this go. And so that was what held me through bringing the divorce papers home, going through the awkward process of signing them, litigations, courtroom, all that stuff. You just kind of black out and go autopilot to get done, right? Well, those children and that energy really carried me through. So shout out to them. Okay, so... I have a physical issue that isn't showing up physically, but it's there in the blood work, and I know it's energetic. So I'm on a mission to heal this energetic, right? And I just got diagnosed with all this stuff in January this year, so it's only been six months, very short time. And so the other day, or the other week, I should say, I thought to reach out to my friend Kat, Kat Fowler, the Akashic Records reader. Her and I are just lovely friends now, and I appreciate her friendship so much. Um, We barter services. I give her a synastry reading and a birth chart reading, and she gives me some Akashic readings. It's such a lovely exchange of energy between us. I love her so much, and she's incredible at what she does. I want people like that in my circle, you know? So the other week, I hit her up and said, hey, I'm in a much more calm place We're in the mountains for a while. I feel much more ready to do an Akashic Records reading because, you know, Akashic Records readings are not easy for the reader. And the last time I had tried to get her to do a reading, 
We were living out of the motorhome. We had Jael's two little boys fresh off of spring break, and it was just chaos. And she actually said, like, your energy is way too thick. I cannot reach through that mud to get to your Akashic records. I mean, I could, but your messages will be very diluted down because I just can't see. So she said, I'm sorry, like... Here's someone, she mentioned a man named Russell Forsyth. She said, if you'd like to go work with him to bring your energy back to calm you down, here's his name, here's his number, here's his website. And I remember thinking, gosh, she's so right. And I'm so sad that I am so in fight or flight so often. And she said, we'll circle back when you get more grounded. And I said, got it, girl. And yeah, so that was March. And here we are in June. And I said, Kat, I'm in the mountains. I'm grounded. I haven't felt this good, looked this good in quite a while. What do you think about doing an Akashic Records rating with me? She was all in, like, let's go. So when you go into an Akashic Records meeting, you need to have questions ready. You know, like, what is my past life connection to this person? What is my past life connection to that person? Um... So I went into this reading with one question and one question only. And even Kat was like, what? We have an hour together. You just have one question? I said, Kat, something tells me that the answer to this question is going to branch off and spiderweb into several others. So I asked Kat, what is my past life connection to the Florida Keys? You guys have been waiting for me to ask her this, and I have been pondering it before I even met Kat or even knew what Akashic Records are. I've had this connection and this draw to the Florida Keys like no other. So I know we have a lot of new listeners here, and just the Sparknotes version is I visited the Bahamas when I was 13 years old and became utterly obsessed with the Caribbean. I went home and painted my room bright lime green, and I grew up in New Hampshire, mind you, painted my bedroom bright lime green, and my mom ordered me this huge wall mural, it's like this big sticker wallpaper that you can put on one wall, and I got a nice Caribbean scene, and I wanted to wake up and see it every single day. Oh, I should have told Russell, my reader, this the other day, he would have cracked up, but I wanted to wake up and see the Caribbean every single day. I was obsessed. I was fascinated. And I was on a mission to live there, live and die there. And so when I was 17, my mom and I were on a trip to Miami and she said, Stephanie, have you ever heard of the Florida Keys? I said, no, what is that? And she said, oh, remember our trip to the Bahamas? I said, yeah, I do. A few years ago. And she said, they're kind of like that. Do you want to go look? So we got in our rental car and we drove down, I think as far as Isla Mirada, or marathon, which is like halfway through the line of the keys. And I was just, I was home. And then I remember going to, finally, I went down to Key West and I was just home. That's the only word I can use is home. And so ever since then, about 17 years old, I was on a mission. I said, I need to live there. I have to live there. There is nowhere else I would rather be. That's it. And so I graduated high school and I went to college for hospitality. And then I went to UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, for hospitality because I wanted to go to the best of the best so that I could take that knowledge and open a bed and breakfast in Key West, live and die there. And then the Great Recession of 2008 hit, and I got kicked out of UNLV because the out-of-state tuition just went five times higher. You guys remember 
Las Vegas was hit the hardest. It was awful. My out-of-state tuition went from being 13000 a year to 53000 a year. And I just said, nope, that juice ain't worth the squeeze. I'm out. And um, I ended up taking the semester off to figure out what I was going to do. I knew I still wanted to study hotels. And I knew I wanted to live in the Keys. So I went to Florida International University in Miami because that was another one of the top hospitality schools. And lo and behold, it was a few hours away from Key West. And I thought, how perfect. Go there, get the best degree, graduate, just move three hours south to my home. I mean, I've literally had this planned in my mind. Well, life happened, and I met my then-fiancé, and he's more of a mountains guy. He actually lives here in Colorado and Denver, and... So he always loved mountains and cabins and woods and stillness, and I was just Miss Caribbean. Everyone knew me as that. Oh, my little car that I drove around town in New Hampshire had Mile Zero Key West. I had a palm tree wrap around my license plate, all the palm tree stickers. Like, that that's home. And um, I used to listen to Key West's radio station all the time. <laughs> so old school. But I would just play it so I could pretend like I lived there. But I loved it, and there was nowhere else I'd rather be. So I want to save the rest of this for after what I'm about to tell you because it really connects in. Um, But long story short, I ended up eloping on the beach in Key West, of course, duh. And our theme was starfish and oceans and duh, (laughs) because that was home. And my elopement, my wedding, and my honeymoon ended up being some of the worst days of my life, which we'll go into But pocket this. Again, there's a lot of pockets in these stories. Just remember that. So I asked Kat because the keys have been plaguing me. I mean, after I got a divorce in 2018, I immediately left and tried to make the keys work. It didn't. And if you want to know what happened, go back in the archives to July, August 2018, where I recorded my entire adventure of living in my car. Uh, Some of those... Podcast recordings are sitting on a motel room floor with like water dripping behind me. It was a rough, it was hoot. It was my first Saturn return, let me tell you that. And um, yeah, have fun with those. Go back in the archives and enjoy. You're going to think, wow, you're a totally different person. And I am. But I've always tried to make it work. It's home. But it didn't work when I went there. And then I got back up on my feet at my mom's house. And then I met a partner here in Colorado, and we lived in Telluride together. That crashed and burned. And when it crashed and burned, I thought, well, fuck this, fuck men. Where am I going? I'm going home. I'm going back to the Keys. And this time, it did work. I ended up, oh, it was so cool. Oh. I was living in Titusville, Florida at a cheap Airbnb I found with the coolest dude ever. It was this gay man that was so kind to me, and we would go out every Monday for margaritas and... Oh, margarita sounds good right now. But we would just have fun. And I ended up saying, like, my Airbnb is coming to, like, I've rented it for over a month. And um, I remember telling him, I'm going to move down to the Keys. And he was like, girlfriend, good luck. There's nothing down there. And I was like, I, I don't know. So one night after walking on the beach, after my brother had just told me he was gay, interesting enough, he confessed that. I said, okay, universe, show me a seahorse if I'm meant to go down there. And literally, I got home, started to watch a movie, saw the main character and said, I bet this man's a Scorpio. So I ended up pausing the movie, Googling him. 
Yep, he's a Scorpio. Thanks, Wikipedia. And I somehow ended up on his Instagram. And he didn't post much, but the very last picture he posted was a golden seahorse. And he had 111 likes. Or it was like 1,111, but 1111. And I thought, oh my God, this is the seahorse. This is it. And so don't ask for signs and ignore them, right? I immediately looked on Craigslist, made a post, and within an hour, I met my new landlord who had a treehouse in Marathon, Florida that I ended up renting for five or six months. And during that time, I met JL, and we fell head over heels in love after being friends for a year. And I moved to Austin to be with him. And that's where my key story ended, kind of. Um... I feel like we're getting way off track here because I, I just bounce back and forth between the keys. You know, I went to Austin for six months with JL, was absolutely miserable. Texas is, is so fun to visit, but it is not my cup of tea. Uh, and so we ended up moving back to Key Largo. We had this beautiful home, awesome neighbors. Oh, every time I'm down there, I don't want to leave. And I've never, my entire life, I've never been anywhere where I wasn't planning my escape. Or as Jael and I say, where I unpack my last box. When I'm in the Keys, I'm home. I don't want to leave. I want to be there. And there's a piece of me that has wondered, well, is it the Keys or is it just the Caribbean? Could I make a life in Hawaii or Costa Rica? There's something about the Keys. And as Jael and I live in the motor home for the first six months of 2021, we got it to go find home. And we've been all over the country. And there's every time. JL says, I will buy you whatever house you want, wherever you want. Where do you want to go? I say the keys. I want to go home to the keys. But there are so many reasons why we don't like they've got GMO mosquitoes. There's not as much stillness in nature as my heart yearns and craves for. It's really, really crowded and so expensive. There's so many reasons why it won't work, right? And I don't know if that's my ego or what, but... I want to be able to appreciate and see other places because like, for example, here in Colorado, so happy, so beautiful. I absolutely love it. But whenever I see the mountains, I see the keys. Whenever I see snow, I see palm trees. And already we, we're getting settled into this condo we have here, which is a whole other synchronistic story. But I, I, I bought a passion fruit. I bought a hibiscus tree, an avocado tree, and it's like, what are you doing, Steph? You just want to go home. So I said, Kat, this connection to the keys is kind of running my life. And I really want to know what it is so I can either let it go or just say, listen, everybody, this is where I meant to live and die. Let me be. So she taps into it and she sees a past life in Atlantis. Now, this is where I need you to stretch your mind and really think outside the box with me. Air high fives to my Aquarius and Pisces friends. She saw a past life in Atlantis. She said I was like a water goddess. I, I had my own temple and I was very well known and prominent in society. And I was like, I was a water healer. I healed people through my psychic and abilities and I brought water to our crops. I could create storms. I could create hurricanes. I could bring rain when our community needed it. And everybody knew, they know me for that. And she said that in this vision and in this record, she saw Greek soldiers infiltrate my fortress and kill me with what looked like 
like lightsabers or like light beams. And it was kind of a slow death. And she remembers in the record seeing me look around and look at them like, how could you do this? I, I'm like a leader in this society and I love them and I have so much yet to give to them and do for them. And our entire society, like they need me. How could you do this as I was dying out, right? And I just remembered in that moment, wow, look at me saying I remembered like I'm talking in that life. But Kat was saying that when I passed, I thought I, I didn't finish my work. My work here is not done. But the Akashic Records wanted me to know that it was because after my passing, it caused a major upheaval in the community and in the society of people just like a government political uproar, cry for change, and it worked. So while my soul passed and thought, wow, I, I left too soon, I left too early, and I left all these people hanging, I actually didn't. I actually fulfilled my purpose, and I could let it go now. But that was the draw to the keys, is every time I'm in the keys, those are my people. That is my purpose. I need to go there. I need to be a part of the society. I need to be in that oceanside society and heal them and bring rain and bring water and bring food and bring healing. So every time I'm in the keys and I don't, you know what? You, you guys better quote me on this. If we end up finding Atlantis and it's underneath the keys, which are all just this big coral rock, kind of sketchy, right? So, like, somebody owes me 20 bucks or something. <laughs> like, my intuition knew. I swear, the day, if I live to see the day where Atlantis is discovered and it has to do with the Florida Keys because I've been to the Bahamas, love it, but don't have a draw to live there. Been to Costa Rica, beautiful, but nah. My next test will be Hawaii to see if any of them can, you know, knock off the keys and replace them. So far, no bueno, no dice, not working. <sighs> gets me all out of breath just talking about it so that is what the records told Kat and remember how I told you pocket my ex-husband in my mind and how we were best friends it just wouldn't work out well a part of this Akashic Records reading I have with Kat is I had asked her I said well you know I did kind of have some subconscious anger towards my ex-husband because he was a mountains dude like dude could live in Seattle or Denver for life and be so happy those are the polar opposites of my heart. And I remember when him and I moved to Denver, just like grinding my teeth, thinking, what the fuck? Why am I giving up what I'm doing or my soul, what I long for? I love, we lived in Charleston, South Carolina because it just looked like the keys and I was going to just settle with that, just settle as a wife and making him happy and me happy. But I don't know if you guys remember from the archives, but when we got to our loft in Denver, I remember sitting in the bathroom being so sad, thinking, what the fuck? Like, I can see the Rocky Mountains from here. They're beautiful. But I am a Caribbean girl. What am I doing? And so I just Google mapped how far away Key West was, and it was approximately from my spot in Denver, my spot, 2,222 miles away, on the dot, on the money. And ever since that, I was like, oh, universe, you got something planned. You got something in store. Okay. And that was the fuel I needed to say, okay, just show up every day because this is out of your hands. This is in God's hands. This is in the universe's hands, source's hands, whatever you want to call it. I just knew. And it was. 
So that's my draw to the Keys. And Kat said, you know, of course you're always going to love it down there. That's where I feel like I'm an empress. It's where I feel like I'm a goddess again. It's where I feel my most creative, my most powerful. And it's like, ah, yes, I can come here to fulfill that purpose again. Like, haha, you Greek soldiers, you couldn't take it away from me. I'm back. I'm here. I'm ready to get my hands in the water again. But I need to let it go because I'm not a water goddess. We don't have the same technology and spiritual advancement as the Atlantean people did. And I need to let it go. You know, a cool part of the Akashic Records is Kat said, this is how I know that this past life is affecting you the most because you look very similar. She said, I had blonde hair and blue eyes as this princess and I wore a headband with like wings coming off of it, just beautiful robe and get up and I lived in a temple and... The people loved me and I loved them back and it was such a beautiful life that ended in such brutality and tragedy way too soon. So we kind of did a prayer in a energetic boost, if you will, to tell my soul, hey, it's okay, let it go. You fulfilled your purpose in that lifetime. You really did. Even though you think it ended too soon, it didn't. It ended right on time. So that, that brought a lot of tears to my eyes. Just the thought of letting the keys go was like, oh my gosh, I can't. It's my home. It's my home. Oh, so many people. If you've been to the Florida Keys, you know it is Margaritaville, right? It's like women with fake tits and bikini. No offense, people who have fake tits. I'm not calling you out. But this is just what you see down there. It's women with that, and they're in boats, and there's men who are just going down there to hook up, and there's fishing, and there's drinking, and that's not me. That's not me. And again, no offense to anybody who loves those things as hobbies. That's rock on. That's that's cool. But that's not me. And people are always like, you are like a healthy person. There's really no healthy food down there. You want to grow a garden? Can't grow a garden down there. <laughs> people party, party, party. I never do. Don't drink alcohol very often. And so people are like, what is your allure down there? And I'm just like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Words can't explain it. Now we know. So now we get into the good stuff. I, I actually took notes for this one, y'all. So Kat told me. Oh, I just want to share with you briefly. That's right. Looking at my notes here. So I I asked Kat during that reading, you know, what is my past life connection to my ex-husband? Because that just seemed so bizarre, that whole relationship. And I learned a lot. He, I hope he learned a lot. And why would he keep me from the key? So she was like, this is interesting. What I'm seeing is in every past life, we were two male figures to each other. Think father, son, brothers, two male best friends. In our most recent past life together, she saw us, I think we were business partners, two male business partners in the Wild West. And she saw us riding on horses, like furiously running through the Wild West. And he looks over at me and holds a gun up and shoots me right in the third eye. And I pass away. And so as soon as he did it, he thought, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Holy shit, I didn't mean for that to happen. And he carried over a lot of guilt in this lifetime. And I will say, in our relationship, was very unbalanced. I definitely think he took more emotional care of me than I did of him. And 
Yeah, I just, it always felt like two best friends. You know, it's like we could never cross that threshold into being lovers and life partners. It just felt like two homies kicking it, roommates living together who get along, Sag and Aquarius have great conversations, watch The Office, like just just a flat road in Kansas, just easy. No fighting, no growth, no, no passion and love, just easy. Like brothers, quite literally. And I used to always say, he feels like family. And people would be like, well, that's good. That, that means you have a good partner. And I was like, no, not like that. And so when I heard Kat say that we've been brothers or father and son, I was like, oh, man, the validation that washed over me. Yes. So he shot me in my third eye area and killed me in a past life. And this life, we needed to come together to kind of balance that karma. But we came together for me to heal that third eye, both physically and spiritually. And she said, the relationship wouldn't have been up until you spiritually grew. And how funny is this, that Lightworkers Lounge really took off with the episode called, This is What It's Like to Get a Divorce, where I walked out of the courthouse on our final date. How funny is this? Our final court date, like they pick it, we don't, was June 1st. And that was our five-year wedding anniversary on the dot. So awkward, but also so cool, right? Universe always at play. But I walked out of there, went to my Airbnb, and just sat and hit record. And that episode is still up. It's from June 2018. If you want to go listen to it, I have not, nor will I ever. But I kept it up because it went viral. And it put Lightworker Sounds on the map. And so this relationship did. It fulfilled its purpose of helping me spiritually grow. Helping me get reconnected to my third eye. I mean, even before we got a divorce, this relationship was all based on me coming home to myself. And it did. And he totally served that purpose. And, you know, I always wish him well. Sorry if this podcast sounds so weird, but I've had to pause like seven times due to neighbor's dogs coming up to our house and making Jeffrey bark or getting in dog fights outside. (sighs) I really need a fucking studio. How, I mean, is it no wonder I have adrenal fatigue when I have to do recordings and calls and stuff with so much activity? I mean, I literally need to be a monk on top of a mountain in order to do what I do. Maybe one day. But regardless, thank you for listening to me out of breath and the dogs in the background. I know you guys don't care. My Saturn and Capricorn is so like, everything needs to be perfect. But this is real life. And look at Joe Rogan. He sits and talks for five hours and takes 10-minute pauses to Google things, so I think I'm okay. So that was my past life to him, and it's absolutely no wonder. I, I just felt like he was a friend and a family member because we were in every past life. And so I think we've balanced that karma in this one. So this was my last and final life with him, and that's cool. I wish him well. I hope he wishes me well, too, and... I'm glad we had a soul contract together and learned what we needed to from each other. Now we can move on. And I can't wait for him to have his own family someday. It's going to make me so happy. I almost wish I could meet the kids, but, you know, boundaries. So that was my connection to the keys, okay? Are you with me so far? So at the end of it, Kat said she senses a lot of trauma from that lifetime being stored in my body and physically affecting my life today. So she highly recommended that I work with a very powerful spiritual figure. And she said, men, she said, I do have a massive masculine wound 
That's going to prevent me from becoming a mother. And also, it's going to prevent me from having healthy partnerships where I feel safe and comfortable because of this masculine wound. And, you know, I'll, I'll be very detailed with you. I didn't want to share the entire Akashic reading because it is very, very personal. But there was just one piece that made my mind go. So um, the reason why I couldn't get pregnant when I was married and we had tried was I have a block literally in my fallopian tubes. Is it scar tissue? No. Is it a tumor? No. I had all that checked out during my pap smear. But it is a physical block because I do not trust men from that lifetime of being murdered by men. And we're going to get more detailed in this in just a minute. I don't trust them. And what is the most masculine thing ever? Sperm. Sperm is literally just a pocket of masculine energy. And so anytime that would come into my body, my body, storing that trauma in my adrenals, would say, no, out, see a block, not coming in, door closed, get out. <laughs> and just her saying that, you know, giving me that message from my guides that, hey, your physical body is fine. Chill out about that. There's nothing wrong with you, but you don't trust men. So if you really don't trust men, how can you let the most masculine thing in the world into your body to conceive, to grow a child? And that just made me go, wow, whoa. And remember what I said about I was on a trip with a very toxic male partner, got my chakra photo taken, and they were just muddy um, because I had that energy around me. So, of course, my root chakra blocked, didn't feel safe. Sacral chakra didn't feel like I could be creative. Navel chakra felt stifened. Like, duh. It just made so, so, so much sense. So, Kat recommended I work with more men to um, heal this masculine wound. And when she mentioned, would you ever get Reiki therapy or anything by a man? I cringed. Hell no, sister. I do not want any men touching me. No. And she was like, okay, well, I have a guy named Russell Forsyth that I really want you to work with. And she said, you may be a candidate for a soul retrieval. And I remember thinking, what the fuck? It's a soul retrieval. I have a soul. I don't, I don't need, what do you mean? And so she said, just reach out to him. He'll explain everything to you. But I really think you're a candidate for this. And if you remember from earlier in this episode, she had suggested this when we tried to do a reading, but my anxiety was too intense and through the roof. She mentioned, whoa, 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 you need a soul retrieval. And I was like, no, I just need to get away from my boyfriend and two little kids and go have alone time and be grounded and not live in a motorhome, you know, but she was right. And so she kept pushing, like, did you reach out to Russell? Did you contact Russell? And so I did. I really felt that masculine wound and I really am ready to heal it. So as much as I didn't want to work with a man, I would much rather work with a woman for this soul ceremony. And I found some other women who did this. I was like, you know what? I trust her. This feels, this feels fearful, but not in a restrictive, like completely locked up way. So that's how I know when you should feel the fear and do it anyway, is it's fearful, but it's not enough to make me go, no, not right now. It felt really right. So I reach out to Russell, and him and Kat know each other, but they don't work together. I don't even think they talk often, but I mentioned to him my issues, what Kat said, and just wanted to do a quick energy assessment with him to think if he needs, if he thinks I need a soul retrieval. And so we met up on Wednesday, just this last Wednesday, 
And it was beautiful how he connects to spirit and guides. And he's a Libra, and you can just see it written all over him. He's got a full head of gray hair and beautiful smile, just such comforting energy. And he did a full energetic assessment of my body. It was cool when we were connected to spirit. We did this over Zoom. I wish so much I could meet him in person. He's in Dallas, and oh, it would have been so incredible to do in person. But we did it over Zoom. And it was still just as magical and powerful. And he did an energetic assessment, asked my guides to show him my chakras when I'm in nature alone. And then he said, guides, please show me her chakras when she's in nature with friends, female friends. Please show me her chakras when she's in nature with a male friend or partner. We channeled this. He did some research. I was just watching him with my eyes closed at times, but also... As an intuitive myself, just curious about his process. And it was so cool to witness and to see. And I could just feel my body being scanned. It, it literally felt like when you're laying on the table at a physical and the doctor's just like got the blood pressure cuff, they're looking in your ears, up your nose, checking your pulse. Like that moment where the doctor's um, listening to your heartbeat with the stethoscope and you're just kind of sitting there on the crinkly paper like, okay whatever. That's what it felt like. Exactly like that. So after about 10 minutes of him just channeling this, he says, okay, your physical body is fine. There's, he's like, I don't see scar tissue. They're not showing me tumors. They're not showing me inflammation. You know, your endocrine system is messed up, but it's from spiritual. And he says it's past life. It's PTSD from a past life. And he said, you know, I had mentioned in my intake form that it was a masculine issue I wanted to work on. And I, but that's literally, I did a one liner fucking lazy Taurus rising was like, I need help with masculine energy. Friend thinks I need a soul retrieval ceremony help. <laughs> that's like all I said in his intake form. And, uh, so he didn't know much, but I remember after this scan, he said, okay, let me ask you a few like really blunt questions. Is that okay? I said, absolutely. I'm a sad. Let's do it. And he goes, have you ever been raped? No. Have you ever been sexually abused? No. Have you ever experienced mm. like emotional trauma with a man? I said, I mean, not, not really. Like I've never walked in on a partner cheating on me. I've never been raped, sexually molested, abused, mm. nothing. Like literally nothing. The closest I can think of is that my parents separated when I was five. And mm. just one time there was a drunk night of my dad being aggressive, but no, other than that, nothing. My mom never dated creepy men. Shouldn't have been around, period. She just doesn't trust them. Ah, pocket that one, too. So he's like, okay, can you can you see the connection I'm getting at here? You have strong distrust in men, yet nothing has happened to you in this life that would create that. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I, I see where you're getting at here. And then he asked a question like, tell me your earliest memory of your father. And I said, well, the first one that's coming into my mind right now is my mom dropped me off at his trailer in, in this trailer park and he had a new girlfriend who was kind. And I just remember walking into this trailer and thinking, no, no, I was never, ever, ever comfortable. And I remember he was, he's never beat me. He's never abused me. He's never even yelled at me. And so I was just so oh, uncomfortable. And I just ran under his bed, kicked and screamed, I mean, wailed. 
until my mom came back and got me. Oh my gosh, I was probably four or five. And I remember this, but I just remember in my body thinking, no way am I staying with this man. Even though it's for two nights, no fucking way. No, sir. And it's so wild to find myself in a co-parenting situation now with Jail's two little boys. Like, I cannot imagine how I would feel if we picked them up and all they did was scream and cry because all they do is run into my arms and we just cuddle the whole time and play. It's all energy. I just knew my dad's energy. He's a Libra with the Scorpio moon. Bless up. <laughs> but... I just knew his energy was off. And my mom told me, like, I was a mama's girl through and through. I didn't really like anybody touching me. But my mom's energy is pure. It's predictable. She's very mentally stable. You you know what you're going to get with her. Almost too much. It's just, she's blunt. You know. So you're safe around a mentally stable person because you don't have to worry about walking on eggshells or what card am I going to get today, right? So as a child, I felt that. So I just wanted to be with her but that was my earliest memory of my father and ever since then like my brother wanted to go hang out with him but I was like mama I'm good I'm solid like keep me with you I have no desire and even growing up it he really didn't affect me um you know I I didn't think about him didn't reach out to him didn't want to talk to him my brother definitely did but I just had no desire and even as my mom dated men, I had no desire. I wasn't like a snotty brat to them. I would still hang out with them, be very kind and play and respectful. But it was never like, oh, could they be my dad? I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't need a dad, nor do I want one. So there is step one to this masculine energy, right? Step two is I made this realization Oh, there's okay. I want to share what Russell said, and then I'll have these realizations for you. Forgive me, this is all over the place. I'm just so excited to get it out to you. So Russell said, "Okay, yeah." He said, "I'm tapping into your Kashuk records to kind of see where your most traumatizing life with men is." And he said, "I'm seeing you in Atlantis," and I was like, "Here we go." And now keep in mind, him and Cat do not work together. They know each other because he has given her a soul retrieval ceremony, but that is it. Like, if you guys reach out to him, that the same connection, how I know him, vice versa. So he said, I'm seeing a life in Atlantis, and you are a very prominent member of society. And you, he said, I'm seeing you run an all-women's society. And he said, it is so technologically advanced that you guys are still able to get pregnant, but you remove, like, the Y chromosome or the X chromosome, which one's female, male? We remove it so that everybody is pregnant with another girl, with a woman. I mean, it is all female and we are like ride or die females, right? Like a little girl gang. Like we don't, we're not violent, we're not mean, but we just love the feminine power. So we all live together and have this community. And I was the head honcho of it. I was the leader of it. And he said, I see a jealous woman of the society rats you guys out. And then I see her letting in Greek soldiers. And I was like, wow, the connections, him and Kat. He said, I see her letting in the Greek soldiers, like telling them where you guys live, where your community is at. And he got quiet and said, are you okay with me sharing anything I see? I was like, yes. And he said, I'm seeing them holding you hostage and forcing you to 
watch them do awful, awful things to the women in your community. And so I, I always, just the flashbacks that came to me was them forcing me to watch them rape, beat, abuse, kill the women of my community. And as soon as I got done watching all of that, they killed me. So I feel like some of you women, maybe some of you attracted to this podcast or me and my personal life, because I know there are a lot of you who have been rocking with me since day one. Maybe we have a past life connection. Maybe you were a part of this community in Atlantis. I would love, if you feel that as you're listening to this, I would love, love, love to hear from you and what you're feeling in this. But (laughs) he said, can you see why? you don't like men. And I just felt like my teeth, I was like, like, yes. And so he said, okay, let's tap into your soul and see how many pieces it's in because your soul is definitely fragmented. They call it Google this, YouTube, this soul, um, retrieval ceremony, soul retrieval ceremony. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you want to even pause this right now and come back after you watch that to really know what it's about, that would be good. But we had the soul retrieval ceremony, and he said, my soul was in 12,000 pieces. That's a lot. And that's 12,000 lifetimes where I had experienced abuse from men. That many. But the Atlantis one being the most traumatic. You know, it was my job to protect these women. It was my job to keep the society afloat. And I felt like I failed. I felt like I let all these women down and they suffered at my hand. And, you know, he said something like this woman that was jealous and ratted us out went on to get pregnant with a boy and she completely ruined the society. So, yeah, it's just wild. And so after he said, you have your soul in 12,000 fragments, we need to bring them, we need to call them home. We need to bring them all home into your body right now so we can get rid of the anxiety, your cortisol can come back. And he let me know that, remember when he asked the questions about chakras? When I'm alone in nature, he said, Western medicine will never believe this, but you don't have anything wrong with you. Your adrenals are crystal clear, thyroid's beautiful, endocrine system spawn on. He said, when you're out in nature with a male partner, your lower three chakras are blocked. And I was like, duh, remember the Sedona picture I had? He said, they're blocked. They're completely blocked. And you know, you hear me talk to JL about our relationship on this podcast quite frequently, but when I am with him, I am so fucking tired tired. And I know a lot of you probably look at our pictures or our videos. You're intuitive, just like me. I do the same thing. A lot of you probably keep it to yourselves, but you look at us and think like, oh God, this is so toxic. This is so wrong. But I think people look at me in relationships like that my whole life and say that, but it's not. It's because of my past life to Atlantis, I can't stand men. I don't feel safe around them. I don't feel comfortable around them. I'm trying two in this lifetime because I know that that's over, but I've got 12,000 little pieces scattered all throughout multiple universes that are going up against me. Okay. Like when I moved to Austin, a lot of you were like, no, don't leave the keys because you guys saw the goddess. You saw the Atlantis water princess in the god in the keys. And I was happy and alive and creative and home. Now, when I'm with men, I'm very, very challenged mentally, physically. 
And so uh, it didn't make sense. And this is something I've never admitted to anyone before. Well, I have to people, but not on the podcast. But when I'm with JL, I'm tired. And he knows all of this. This is not like this is going to be news to him. I'm so tired. And when he leaves to go be with the boys or go travel for work, I'm alive again. It's like I'm rising from the waves of the ocean. It's like, ha, ah, I feel good. And it that's not right. And I thought, oh, I just, I need to go to counseling, therapy, like something. Because it's not JL. He is a literal dream come true. And through all of this, he has supported me so much in every single way. It's something I need to reparent and learn on my own. But it all makes sense now. And of course, I let JL listen to the entire reading and his eyes were so wide. Oh, there's so many synchronicities. I just, this would be a whole other episode of the Atlantis synchronicities that were always around us, but we never knew because I never would have guessed. I, I didn't know anything about Atlantis. I've heard of like the Disney movie and stuff, but until this, I knew nothing. So... My soul was in 12,000 pieces and Russell said it's time to call them home because physically you're fine. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if your adrenals heal four to five weeks after this ceremony because you're fine. But the adrenals store all of our past lives. And so here I am with the love of my life, a masculine that I really want to let in. I mean, JL is it for me. He is my be all end all. But it's the scariest because this is another connection I wrote down in my notes. Um, anybody I have ever dated, and Jael doesn't believe, well, now he does, but he used to not. When I went to college at UNLV, he was like, you never hooked up with a man? I was like, nope. He's like, you never like had oral sex or sex or anything with anyone? And I was like, dude, not even a makeout sesh. Never. And he was like, what? This is not what? Like, he didn't go to college, but he's like, isn't that what you do in college? You like go to parties, have sex, have fun? I was like, yeah, most people do. Not me. I just know. And it's because I never trusted men. I had huge groups of girlfriends. So much fun. We had a blast. But sexually and like dating meant nope. Not a chance. And it was never hard for me. Never hard. Because I didn't trust them. And being with women felt so safe and so secure and so fun. So what's interesting about JL, okay, I've dated probably three or four people in my past. I mean, come on, I was married all of my 20s. Um, but all of, I'll say there's like three. And I, my ex-husband, I knew since third grade. The boyfriend after him, I knew him from middle school. And then I had a boyfriend um, before who, he was a twin flame situation. I knew he was like my first love when I was 14. So these are all, all three of these men who I dated seriously were from childhood, so I knew them. I grew up with them. I was very comfortable around them. They felt safe, right? JL is the first man that I've ever dated whom I didn't grow up with, who lived across the country. I grew up in New Hampshire. He grew up in Texas. He he is trigger city for me because I didn't grow up with him. I don't know him. He's so uncertain, unsafe. But you know what's funny is when I... Um, left my last boyfriend, I remember telling my girlfriend, like, hey, I just, I'm not dating any more men from New Hampshire that I grew up with, because that is just not it, I just remember telling her, like, the guy that's meant to be for me, my be-all, end-all, he, I don't know where he's from, but it ain't from here, and I don't know him, and I didn't grow up with him, and da -da -da -da, here's JL, so that's a huge thing, JL triggers me, because I don't know him, 
He's unpredictable. I can't have control over the situation, so to speak. You know, I remember in my marriage and then in that um, in that quick relationship after my marriage, I, whenever we would get in fights or arguments, that relationship, because remember, I didn't get in fights with my ex-husband at all. I was so afraid of being beat or hit. But that he would never, right? He would never. And, um, but I just felt like, oh my God, I'm like flinch. I'm so scared of this. And I thought, where does this come from? I never watched my mom get beat. I've never been beat. Um, what is this? So bizarre. Now I know here it is. Validation is one of the most potent medicines. If y'all ask me. So Russell, let's go back to Russell. He said, we got to do this soul retrieval ceremony. Do you have time? And I was like, dude, yes, let's do it. So I laid down, put my computer down next to me on my lap, and he began. And he guided me through this meditation that started on the beach in the Florida Keys. He didn't say it was the Florida Keys, but my mind went right there. And then I was walking in the sand, and he said, look over. You see dolphins swimming in the wake. You go out to be with them, and then soon you start swimming with them. And one of them you get on the back of one and you start to swim up a rainbow. You're in the clouds. You can't see anything but white puffy clouds and blue sky. You come back down the other side of the rainbow and you find yourself in this beautiful city. And you and the dolphin are swimming in a canal. And the dolphin takes you up into this crystalline fortress. And when you get off of the dolphin, there's a whole community of people who have missed you, who have been waiting for you, and they love you. And you feel home, like a homecoming. And you know what flashed in my mind as he was guiding me through that? Was that scene in Titanic where um, Kate Winslet is walking up the stairs and all the people are lighting the stairway and she's walking up to Leo? Like that feeling is what I felt. And uh, he says, you get on the table, and below you, there's a mama whale with her baby. There's a mama manatee with her baby, turtle with her baby, all these sea creatures with their babies swimming underneath of you in this glass floor. And they're sending up the vibration of healing from that mother-child connection. And then, you know, it's a longer meditation than this. I'm definitely just summarizing it. But he said, and before you know it, the sun is coming in through the crystalline structure, reflecting a rainbow onto you. And then all of these gold pieces start falling and raining down on you. It's like gold glitter shimmering. And there's 12,000 pieces of this just falling into your body. And so he said, just lay and visualize this gold glitter, 12,000 pieces, which I knew was all the pieces of my soul falling down into you. And then as I did this, he played sound bowls, used light therapy. It was incredible. And during the meditation, I started towards the end, I started to get dizzy. like feel like I was spinning on the table. And I remember seeing like big ship or plane propellers turning on, like engines roaring and the propellers spinning. And I told him about this at the end. And he said, that's beautiful. That is perfect. This is all signs that you're starting. Your engine's starting. You're ready to heal this and move on. You're taking off and leaving this life behind, finally, in healing. And uh, he said, I will experience detox symptoms from the soul retrieval ceremony. And guess what? At the end of the ceremony, right as we were saying goodbye, I was like, Russell, I'm feeling a headache behind my left eye. And he said, good, 
The left side of the body is the feminine side. This is your feminine side surrendering. It's definitely not happy that you are healing and surrendering to the masculine side because you've lived so many lifetimes of, you know, like, fuck masculine. And so now it's healing and surrendering. And let me tell you guys, I don't get headaches, period. Never mind migraines. This little headache turned into a migraine, bold underline italic. So bad to where I almost threw up. I almost called him a few hours later saying like, yo, I don't know what you did, but you need to undo it because this migraine is torrential. But I rode through it, went to bed, had beautiful dreams. And the next night I had a dream that I was swimming with those dolphins. Get that. Oh, it was so real to feel the smooth skin of the dolphins, to feel a little apprehensive at first, like literally, like I was in the water swimming with dolphins, but I've had wild dreams and healing dreams ever since then. And honestly, since that soul retrieval ceremony, I have not been tired around JL. I feel much more of a connection to him. Our sex life since that time, it's like the first time on steroids. Um, our connection during making love is so different. And even he was like, whoa, you keep making love to me like that. We're going to get married tomorrow. It's just, it's beautiful. And I'm not triggered as much by things he says or does. And it's just been bliss. I mean, it hasn't even been a week and I'm like four to five weeks, Russell, I'm ready. Like it's beautiful. And so I want to end this podcast episode by sharing all of the things in my life and the connections I made to prove that this was so real. So I was born into a family of women who hated men. I'm the product of a mom, a grandma, a great-grandma, and I don't know how far it goes back after that, of women who got divorced and hated men, of women who were in very toxic relationships with men. Divorce, oh yeah, every generation. And not only was I born into a family like that, but I was literally born into a tribe of three, me, my mom, my brother. My mom's straight. She used to have boyfriends, but she stopped dating because she just said, I can't handle men. I choose the wrong ones. I can't keep a relationship. I just can't do it. And turns out my brother's gay, right? So again, I didn't grow up with a father. My mom just gave up on dating. So she's been single and my brother is gay. So we're a tribe of women, right? Of Not women, of feminine energy, us three. And so... I really believe that, that I chose this life because I knew, ah, how can I just avoid masculine energy at all cost? Ah, have a mom who doesn't want a relationship and have a brother who is feminine. Perfect. Perfect. Right? And never being affected by my dad. I mean, he's just a rotten, rotten egg. I can only imagine his Akashic records. Woo-wee. But he has never felt like a father to me. You know, uh, I'll briefly share with you that. My brother had a really bad hospitalization for his epilepsy in November, and he just wanted to talk to my dad in case that was his last week alive. He just wanted to talk to him. So I wheeled and dealed, found my dad's number, reached out to him, and that it went okay, but that night he got drunk, as he does, and sent me some of the nastiest words I've ever received from any human on this planet, never mind a masculine man that gave life to me. And it didn't affect me. And I'll never forget sitting at the table. JL just made a soup. We love having soup for dinner. And my phone went off and it was my dad late at night. And JL and I looked at each other with our brows raised like, huh? Why is he texting so late? 
And I read it and I just slid it over to J.O. And ooh, he was pissed. But he was like, I can't believe a father would speak to their daughter like this. But I didn't feel anything because it's no different than a stranger on the internet cutting me down. It's like, they don't know me. I don't know them. This is just projection. But it was some nasty words and I didn't feel a thing. And if my father died tomorrow, I wouldn't go to his funeral. Not out of spite, but I don't know him. I have no connection to him. I have no love. I have no hate. He is just a blank white wall. And I think this has something to do with it. I literally wanted to come to this lifetime, but I didn't want any connection to masculine because hi-ho, fuck them though, (laughs) right? So that was one connection I made. Um, Like I said, I never liked my dad. never wanted to be around him. I'm sorry. I'm just reading my notes. Oh, oh, this is my favorite. Okay. You guys who have been rocking with me for a while know this, but for those of you new here, when I was previously married, we eloped on the beach in QS, okay? And the day of our marriage, June 1st, 2013, QS, Florida, beautiful day. Ugh. We woke up and rode around the island on mopeds, got tan lines, so my dress looked like shit. I had like a halter top dress, but I wore a tank top on the moped and got tan lines. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Shout out to my photographer for editing that out. <laughs> but it was a beautiful day, right? Oh, it's just crystal clear skies, light breeze, sunny, warm, mint, man, mint. But around four, when I went back to the hotel to get ready, all dolled up, makeup done, hair done, expensive as shit, but you're wanting boo, cheers. Um, got in the minivan, this big like travel van, went to the beach to walk down the quote unquote aisle on the boardwalk to my husband to be. And I remember feeling anger. And I remember thinking, why am I angry? I look good. I'm getting married to a very kind man. My family's here. What's my problem? Why do I just feel like, fuck this. I don't want to get out of the van. I don't want to see him. Everybody stop taking pictures of me. Oh, just the way people looked at me. You know, like people look at a bride at a wedding, like tears in their eyes, like, oh, love, oh, life. I wanted to be like, yo, stop looking at me. Just a brat, right? Just a fucking brat, a bitch. Really, I was. Grumpy. And I'm like, this is not my demeanor. Sagittarius, like, come on. I should be like crip walking down the aisle to Taylor Swift down to my husband to be like, this is so weird. I don't know what it is. But as I started to walk down this aisle to him, Tropical Storm Andrea, go ahead, Google it if you don't believe me. Tropical Storm Andrea formed over us at that very moment. I mean, I got out of the van, felt one drop of rain and a breeze pick up. And I was like, what? No way. It's been so nice out. And I look up and see a cyclone, like the wind picking up. And I remember thinking, this has to have something to do with my emotions because I just feel like shit and I'm pissed and I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to say vows. I don't want people taking pictures of me. And I don't want to wear this dress. And I hate my makeup. It doesn't even look like me. I just a brat. And so as I walked down the beach to my fiance, 
The storm got so bad. I mean, this is a matter of seven minutes. The storm got so bad that coconuts were falling. Sand was in our teeth. Our photographer was like, I am so sorry, but I've got to protect my lens. Like, I'll get a couple photos, but I got to dip. And our dresses are the piece. Her dress was flying up. Her papers were flying everywhere. And she was like, okay, I don't have time. Just say I do. Say I do. Put your rings on. Quick pick. And we got to get out of here. This is unsafe. Hello, Atlantis water goddess, creator of hurricanes and tropical storms. I guarantee that part of my soul came out and was trying to stop it. And now the other piece of this, (laughs) my fucking wedding dress got lost in the mail three months before I got married. That's not what I was about to share, but it just came out. Literally, whose wedding dress gets lost in the mail three months before they get married? Mine. (laughs) But... The other thing that came up that made me say, oh yeah, was after the wedding was over, um, we went back to Charlotte, North Carolina, we were starting our new lives, and I went to change my name, because this is how young I was and naive, I thought you had to change your last name, I thought you had like three months to do it after you got married, or you get penalized or something, I didn't know you don't have to change your fucking last name, I'm never doing that again, but... When I was sitting in the parking lot in Walgreens after I just got a new passport picture to change my name on my passport, I had my very first like severe mental breakdown, kicking things, punching things, saying, fuck my dad, fuck you. Like, I don't want your last name to my poor ex-husband. I don't want my dad's last name. He's a piece of shit. Fuck men. I'm, I'm going to come up with a new last name. Like literally just. And after that was when I calmed down and was like, okay, I think I need my hormones tested because something's wrong with me. This is so silly. Like, I'm married. I chose to get married. I wanted to be here. He's a very kind person. There's no reason why I shouldn't want to. Every other woman loves to fucking get those jean jackets made with their last name printed on it or get the fucking hanger. You know, I was a wedding photographer, so I know all this shit brides get with, like, the name twisted into the hanger like they love it oh and when we would get mail that said mr and mrs da 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 albro i was like oh my god it made me cringe i would literally get hives on my neck but it was just a very sweet kind wedding gifts or mail from aunts and uncles and cousins like just that's what you do when you get married right very sweet and you know what's funny now is that when I picture getting married to jail, I'm not changing my last name ever again. Just the legalities and the paperwork. No, thank you. But if someone were to write to Mr. and Mrs. Jordan Gonzalez, it warms me. Like that, I know now that's not who I am. I'm not his fucking property. But it warms me because I want to be connected to him. I want to be his partner. And I've healed that wound. But... Like, let's just give a round of applause to my ex-husband because the poor guy. Like, I didn't know it either. Like, the energetics and the spirituality that were surrounding us and at play here. But, wow. Right? So, connecting, giving away my last name was, to my Atlantis side, like, surrendering to men. It was surrendering to a soldier, to to the person that raped, murdered, and killed my community. Right? It, it just makes so much sense. And regardless if the soul retrieval ceremony worked or not, which I can tell you right now, it fucking did. The awareness and the validation 
that everything I've been through and experienced with men and relationships and life was real and meaningful and had a role to play. So there's so much more to this story, but man, are we going on a long time. And I'll just be upfront with you. I'll share the rest of it when I become a mom. I'm not pregnant. Don't get excited. But I will share the rest of it with you when they are here. With that being said, if you guys want to work with Russell, this is not sponsored. I even asked him, like, hey, is it okay if I share this story? Because this is fucking insane. And he just smiled, like, of course you can. But um, I will leave his website. I don't think he has social media. He has goals, right? I don't want social media one day. I just want people to come to me through word of mouth, <laughs> which is where, where he's at in his career. But I will share his website in the show notes. And his name is Russell Forsyth. R-U-S-S-E-L-L-F-O-R-S-Y-T-H. And I share that because this changed the course of my life. And once all of my soul pieces, you know, like right now, they're still slowly dropping in these 12,000 gold pieces. And Russell said within four to five weeks, which sometimes it takes longer, um, on the scale of like one is minor to 10 is, whoa, you're going to have a long detox process. I was at a two because I haven't experienced the trauma in this lifetime. People who work with them who have been raped, um, beaten, abused in this lifetime, they're typically, it takes a little bit longer, but it works. You should go read the reviews on his website. So cool. But once all these pieces come together in four to five weeks, I don't know where I'll be, what I'll be, who I'll be, but I can already feel that I'm a new woman. Will I live in the Keys? I think so. <laughs> I think now that I know I don't have to live in the Keys, I just want to, I, I think I will still. Just because, you know, someone, I had told one of you guys, I was doing a birth chart reading with y'all, and um, this is why I love our chart readings, because I share all of these things with you. Lightworkers-lounge.com, click on birth charts, book a session with me. I want to hang out with you. I can feel it. Someone's listening to this that need to hear that. But I shared this with you, and she was like, oh my gosh, do you think you need one more ceremony in the keys to like finally get rid of it? I said, maybe. But we were talking about how cool it will be for me to go down there again with this new awareness of Atlantis. And my spirit guides came through Kat and told her I need to read a book called Discover Atlantis by Diana Cooper. I just got it in the mail. And oh, that new book smell. It's a guide to reclaiming the wisdom of the ancients. And Kat said, be prepared to cry, feel all the feels, because it's just going to be a massive remembrance for me. Oh, I can't wait. So thank you guys. If you made it this far in the story, thank you for rocking with me. I know I'm all over the place with my stories. I just get so excited and I love you. And for those of you who have been with me since 2018, the connection and bond we have is the only word I, it's like impenetrable. Like it doesn't go away. It's forever. It's tattooed, Right. I can't wait until Lightworkers Lounge is a physical building that 
I go to every day and you guys can come travel and meet me and we can meet each other and talk and share and heal together. Oh my gosh, I should design Lightworkers Lounge building like an Atlantis building, right? Oh, the synchronicities of that. I just feel all the feels after sharing that with you guys. I don't know why. And the sun's going down over the mountains here. You know what's odd is the cover of this book looks exactly like the view out my bedroom window in terms of mountains. Google it. I discover Atlantis by Diana Cooper, and that the cover looks like almost exactly right now what I'm looking at, the sunset over the mountains. Wow. <sighs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that Lightworkers Lounge is your source of healing and that by sharing these incredible people with you, you can heal too. That's all I wanted to do is when I was lonely and had no girlfriends, you know, I didn't have my women. Clearly, they are very much my ride or dies. And I didn't have that throughout my 20s. And it was lonely. I didn't have anybody to talk to about this stuff. And so I started Lightworkers Lounge as a place to just release these thoughts, you know. Kind of just talking to a microphone as if I had a friend. Little did I know I would soon create 300,000 of them through doing this. And now I wake up every day feeling so loved and cared for by you. So I hope that I, even if it's just my voice through your speakers or headphones, can make you feel loved and not so alone and inspired to change and heal and grow. But I hope that I can inspire you to keep going as a light worker and to not feel like you're alone in this journey at all, like I had to feel. This is your community. Kat is your community. Russell is your community. Rose is your community. Ashley, everybody that's ever been on the show. Michael, Jake, all these incredible light workers. These are your people. I'm very selective with who comes on the show. And I don't take your time, your money, your energy lightly. That Scorpio in me here coming out. Woo! But I love you guys. And I created Light Workers Lounge for us. And I can really see lately with our birth chart readings, you guys have shared with me that it has impacted your life and completely changed it. And honestly, that is the reason why this low cortisol has not affected me. Because of the love and the rainbow energy light you guys send to me every day. So I want to take this quiet moment to thank you for keeping my physical body alive. I'll see you guys next week on the show. Sending love to these beautiful mountains in Colorado. And I'm also sending lots of love from Atlantis. Goodbye. Goodbye.